0: How are we doing today? We're doing all right. You look amazing this morning. I appreciate those who have endured the flood to get here. And as we pray the rain back until we have fellowship, we can just continue to do that. But welcome. Happy Memorial Day weekend as well. Um, We uh, are so glad and excited for you to be here, to be in the presence of God. I'm so thankful for our worship team. Can we give a hand to our worship team? Did an amazing, amazing, amazing job. And, you know, as I just think about uh, being in the presence of God, I just got to give a shout out to a couple of folks who are in the house this morning. We got Ms. Rachel Camilo on the front row. Some of you don't know Rachel. Rachel was a part of our launch team that moved here from Florida initially, and she helped uh, pioneer our city kids ministry. And so she's she has since moved back. God sent, released her and sent her back to Florida, and she's coming back to visit. So we just love you. Glad to see you, sis. Love you. And, and, uh, and as well, uh, my man, Kyle. What's up, married man? These you don't know, Kyle and Tara, newlyweds, back in the building. For a limited time only, God's going to send them somewhere, but we're not going to do that right now. Don't have a reserve of tears right now. I got to say that, but we're so excited to have them back, and uh, and you're here, so we're glad that you are here. This morning, we're continuing in uh, this kind of two-week mini-series that we've titled "Power and Presence," and um, last week we began. To look in Second um, Kings, the book of Second Kings, chapter four, uh, at a, an encounter with a woman who was hosting the prophet Elisha, and Elisha was a carrier of the presence of God. God was demonstrating His power through him, and and we began to unpack, you know, how it is, how is it that we can encounter. The presence of God, and not just in an occasional moment, but actually build space for God to abide in our lives. Um, You know, when I think about this topic, I know whenever you talk about the presence, it can maybe seem like, especially if you're not familiar with the church world, it can just seem kind of an ethereal and mystical kind of encounter or experience, maybe just a topic for the extra-spiritual Christians. But what I want us to understand and what I want you to know is that when we talk about this, what we're really talking about is discovering and reestablishing the kind of relationship that God desired for us to have with him from the very beginning. This is not just talking about, you know, if you are a level five Christian, then this is something that you you can experience. This is what God designed and made you for. We were made for fellowship with God. Do you know that? Do you know that this morning? Come on. Sons and daughters of God, you were made to experience fellowship with God, to discuss, to laugh with him, to enjoy his presence, to talk to him, to discuss the creation that he made and to show him the things that we created that were inspired by him. That's the kind of relationship that you were designed for. You know, when I think about this kind of fellowship and why it burns in me is because I want, I don't want us to miss out on all that God has for us. It reminds me of like some of the time that I've had to intentionally build in order to experience the presence of my kids. You know, some of you know we have many children. I'm like Father Abraham, many sons, right? And, but one of the things I've really grown to love as we've tried to create, and as Kelly and I, we just sat and think through, like, how do we get one-on-one time with them? How do we just engage them? Because it can just be such a whirlwind. Well, one of the things that I've been trying to build in intentionally is to have one-on-one time once a week. I go down the rotation, and usually Wednesday or Thursday, if we have to adjust it, I get one-on-one time with one of the boys, one of the kids. Now, I want to just throw this picture up here. Some of you know, we got a picture of Johnny. There's John Blond Jovi, John Blondolero, Uh And this week was Johnny's week for us to meet up. And we meet in the morning, so they still are like rubbing sleep out of their eyes. And if you don't uh, remember, I'm sure you probably do on Thursday morning, it was a torrential downpour. But I love the rain, and I love sitting out on my porch in the rain. And so usually whenever I can, I'll sit out on the porch and do our devotionals with them on their individual time. And so I had Johnny. Johnny was still sleepy, but he was just snuggling up with me. And there's something about just having that time, having that time of just encounter with him or fellowship with him or Judah or Zaya or Aaron or Ella where I get them one-on-one and and it's not just a rushed meal. It's not just a rush going to a sporting event, but it's sitting down. And the goal is to enjoy each other's presence and hearing them ask me questions. Not just, you know, the question that Johnny asked literally every single night before we go to bed. He goes, Dad. I am go, what? What are we eating tomorrow? What are we doing tomorrow? Every night. I just, I just got to be prepped for it. But getting beyond kind of just the rote, quick questions and actually asking about, Dad, What was it like when you were a little boy? What are some of the things that you got into? What are some of the things that you did? What do you like? And then me having that opportunity to hear what excites them, hear about some Lego that they made or hear about the new lizard that they found underneath the rocks. It's those moments where I truly get to know their heart and they get to feel mine and experience mine. What is it like to experience God in those kinds of intimate encounters and in His presence that's not solely based on crisis management and intensive care recovery? So much our lives are so, our encounters with the presence of God and our encounters with, the, with, with fellowship with God and relationship with God are really just short, one dimensional, and based on, solving, on crisis management. Right, we read we read the Bible because we need a quick answer to a quick fix, and sometimes it's because of things that we created. We only pray when it's like a desperate nine one one situation. We serve out of an act of you know community service or penance to hopefully earn, earn spiritual reward points, rather than reading His Word to just know Him, not so that we can post it on Instagram, just so that we can know Him, right? What if we were able to pray and create the kind of constant fellowship and communication with him that we get beyond, I'm thankful that God hears my 911 prayers. Anybody thankful God hears your emergency prayers? But do you know that he also, there's something special about when you can have that kind of constant fellowship where you get beyond praying for the things you need and saying, God, what's on your heart? God, who is on your heart? Who can I join with you in praying for? What would it look like if our prayers were not dominated by the tyranny of the urgent? And even in our serving, do you know that there is actually a genuine joy that you can experience? Not just from being with God, but actually doing things for God. Do you hear me? Like, I want us to be clear on this. A lot of times we talk about, you know, works versus not works. It's actually a great thing when we're anchored in him and our relationship with him is in a healthy place that we can do things for God and experience true joy. That we do it not to earn his approval and his love. We already have that. But it's in serving and it's in doing what he designed us to do that we actually get to experience why he made us. What, is, what are the desires that he's put in us? This is the kind of relationship that God wants us to walk in, to be cultivated in. But the thing about it is we do have to be intentional. The most valuable relationships require intentionality to maintain them, to cultivate them, to pursue them. It's not like, for those of you familiar with the, the famous Ron Pope Hill, you know, products, late night shows, as seen on TV, he had one thing called the Ron Popil rotisserie. And their big catchphrase was, you said it and forget it. That's not how Christianity works. That's not how the presence works. You don't just set it and then ignore it. God wants us to pursue him. That's where we find ourselves this morning. We're going to continue in 2 Kings chapter 4, beginning in verse 8. Before we do, I just want to pray and posture our hearts. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you in your love, and in your pursuit, came after us. Even as the song said that we are singing today, reckless love, Lord, there was no shadow that you wouldn't light up. There was no thing that you would allow to hinder you from pursuing us with your love and with redemption, with restoration. Lord, you broke through all of our fear and our sin and our shame. It was not okay for you that there be this ever never-ending separation of fellowship. You made it your priority. You took it personal, and you pursued us. You pursued us with a reckless love. You pursued us by giving your life for ours. Father, I ask this morning as we read your word and as I preach this word, even as this weekend commemorates a weekend in which we recognize those who have given their lives so that we could walk in freedom, so that we could enjoy the life that we live. Lord, we not only recognize those who have served and given their lives in the military, but Lord, we recognize the one who gave his life for us So that today, talking about being in fellowship is not a pipe dream, but a reality. We worship you. We honor you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Kyle. All right, go ahead and turn to 2 Kings. Beginning in chapter 4. And starting in verse 8. One day Elisha went on to Shunem where a wealthy woman lived who urged him to eat some food. So whenever he passed that way, he would turn in there to eat food. And she said to her husband, behold now, I know that this is a holy man of God who is continually passing our way. Let us make a small room on the roof with walls and put there for him a bed, a table, a chair, and a lamp. So that whenever he comes to us, he can go in there. In order for us to truly host the presence of God, in order for you to establish a strong and growing and authentic life with Jesus, you must make it personal. Make it personal. That's the first thing that I want to hit here as far as cultivating this atmosphere. What do I mean by personal? Well, let me start by saying what I don't mean. I don't mean private. I don't mean hidden. I don't mean some of, some. sometimes we talk about relationships with Jesus that are such a secret we haven't even told ourselves. No, no, no. It's not about being private. You know, I, I, I had a friend of mine said that when you come into the Family of God, you have, one of the first things you must be reminded of is you are not an only child. We're called to walk this thing out together. So it's not that this is something that we're just supposed to do in private, but it must be personal. What does that mean? You must own it. If we want to experience the fullness of the presence of God, if you want to experience all that God has for you, you have to take ownership of it. It is not about your mama. It's not about your friend. It's not about your daddy's walk with God, your granddaddy's walk with God. I don't care if your great-granddaddy was a preacher and everybody under him is a preacher. If you're going to experience the power of God and the presence of God that he wants you to encounter, you have to own it. You have to own it. You have to fully embrace it. I love that we see right out the bat, there's, we see this encounter where the, the Shunammite woman, she had recognized that the prophet, he would come to and fro and he would pass by and he'd even stop by for a meal because she was a great hostess. And yet, she was not content with just this casual back and forth, occasional. She said, no, no, no. I know he comes by every once in a while to minister and to speak, but I want him to come and stay at my house. I want the presence to reside at my house. If you are truly going to experience the presence of God in the way that he desires for you to walk with him, you've got to have a holy discontent and not be satisfied by just experiencing his presence when you show up on Sunday. He's looking for you to give him a a personal invitation to say, God, I don't want to leave you. I don't want to see you at church and leave you at church. You're coming over to my house today. Not just you're coming over for lunch. I want you to come and abide. In Exodus 33, we see this encounter. We see that Moses who had led the people by the leading of God, the presence of God, had led people out of captivity and out of slavery. They had established and built a tent outside of the camp where all of the other people were. And this was a place they called the tent of meeting. And so Moses would go to the tent of meeting to speak with God, or rather that it was a place where God would speak to him and he would listen. And when this would happen, most of the people would just stay back at their tents and watch Moses go meet with God. Except for Moses' spiritual son, Joshua. You see, it says that after, when when Moses would go to the tent of meeting, Joshua would follow. And when Moses would leave, Joshua would stay there. Why? Because he didn't want to experience the presence from afar. It wasn't just enough for him to have a representative to go before him. He said, I want to see him for myself. Encountering the presence of God has to go beyond just saying, hey, Judah, Tara, Erica, lead us in. Those are the names of our worship leaders here. It's not their responsibility to help you encounter God. Y'all hear me this morning? Y'all can talk, it's all right. You have permission. It's not my responsibility to own the experience and encounter and the cultivating the presence of God in your house. You have to own it, you have to embrace it, you have to make it personal. If you are going to cultivate, if you're going to be a host for the presence of God, the number one point, again, is you've got to make it personal. But the second thing is you've got to make it a priority. I love, again, that it was not just about saying he can come in for an occasional stop-by or fly-by experience. But the Shunammite woman said, I am going to go, we're going to go a step further, honey. She had this conversation. I love that she talked it over with, with her husband. And she said, listen, I know we've had him over for lunch a couple times, but I want to build a permanent place and space for him to abide here. And we're not just going to build a, a little side room. I, I want to build something above our home. So it says that they built, he, she built a home, a room on top of their home, and she put walls there. In it, she furnished it. It wasn't just like a little futon and a dingy old sheet like that your kids used to wear, uh, use back in the day. Like, I, I'm thankful, like, I, I grew up with the seven kids. Like, to have a room by yourself is like a luxury. And we were like, I could fall asleep anywhere. I could fall asleep in the back of a car. I could fall asleep. I remember one time, my mom couldn't find me. She was freaking out because I'd fallen asleep behind the couch in the living room. I'll fall asleep anywhere. But there is something about, like, when somebody hosts you, you can tell if they are valuing you kind of based on how they set you up. Like, I, and, and it's not about being fancy. It's not about money. It's just about intentionality, right? Like, I, I will sleep so quickly on, an, on a couch. I, I love a couch. But it's one thing, like if you ever go over to somebody's house and you're staying the night there, it says a lot different when you walk in, like, hey, let me get your bag. Let me show you where you're gonna stay tonight. Here's some sheets, fresh sheets, fresh pillow, here's a towel, as opposed to you walking in and be like, oh man, I forgot y'all were coming this week. All right, um, where am I gonna put y'all? You got a big old pile of mountain of laundry on the couch and be like, you know what, let me just. All right, that should work. Um, y'all got coach. Y'all probably don't need blankets. No, 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 wait, what? No, it's not just of creating a space and say you have a space. It's about furnishing that space. It says in the room she put a bed. She put a table. She put a chair. She put a lamp. There is intentionality. There were intentional things in place furnished in this space to host the presence What is it? What are some of the things? What is the life seeking to host the presence of God furnished with? I'm glad you asked. I want to break that down for you. And I hope you guys are taking notes because this is not just for you to have like a one moment, one Sunday extended TED talk. This is for you to be equipped to practically apply the word. So here are things. I'm going to talk about four things quickly that we ought to furnish our lives with to build a priority and build in priority in our lives so we can encounter his presence the first thing is prayer in first thessalonians we are exhorted to pray continuously without ceasing it doesn't mean like non-stop prayer like you're just kind of hey i'm sorry i can't talk to you right now i'm praying no it means often and continuously building in a cultivation of a life of prayer. I also would like to inform you just to simplify it praying is just talking to God and listening to God. And God doesn't necessarily need your prayer to be in the King James. <laughs> Y'all hear me? It doesn't you don't have to make it more complicated than it is than then we, we make it overly complicated. I, it's amazing to me how people will talk like just normal to anybody. I, I, I like to tell folks, especially when they're dealing with deep pain and despair or frustration, not everybody can handle your just emotional dump, but God can. You know, I, I know this might mess with some of y'all, and I'm not telling you to, like, like cuss God out. But he is actually like not embarrassed if you got to be a little bit more colorful in your expression of communication. You, you know what I'm saying? Like he's not like, hey, uh, I need you to edit that. I'm feeling a little uncomfortable right now. No, he, he actually handles the weight of the world. You can talk to him. You can be real with him. It doesn't even, you know, he's amazing. Like if Siri can autocorrect your text, do you know that the Holy Spirit can can translate through your emotion in broken English. It doesn't have to be perfect. If we're going to cultivate a life that hosts his presence, it begins, you got to talk to him. And not just talk, but listen. He's a God that speaks to us, that communicates with us. So prayer, the second thing is people. A life that is making hosting the presence a priority, you've got to fellowship with People. We're challenged in the the scripture, throughout all the scriptures, but even particularly in Ephesians, we're encouraged to not forsake gathering together. God wants us to experience his presence through one another. Even when we worship and when we gather in these settings, one of the things that I I I love closing my eyes and and worshiping and crying out and lifting my hands. But one of the things I also learn to do when I come together and worship is I don't want to close my eyes the whole time. Because if I do, I actually miss the presence and testimony that's happening around me. I want to see people that don't look like me crying out just like me. I want to see people who are going through different things singing and declaring the praises of God because it reminds me, God, you've done this. I don't know what kind of upbringing that you've been around, but we live in a culture where multi-ethnic and multi-generational worship is not normal. Only 16% of the churches in America are considered multi-ethnic. It's a lot easier to just go and get in our corners. They say Sunday is still the most segregated day of the week. And so if you just close your eyes the whole time, you're missing the testimony you're living in. God wants us to get around each other, to encounter one another. That's why fellowship is important. Maybe it's a city group saying, you know what, I'm not just going to attend this church, I'm going to get in to the family. I'm going to have people that I look at their eyes and they can look in my eyes and they can encourage me and challenge me. The Apostle Paul who wrote so much of the New Testament, when he first came into faith, even though he was he had grown up a rabbi of rabbis, he had studied the Torah, and yet coming into this new faith in Christ, he himself, before he started going and doing the great evangelistic works and the apostolic works that he did, he needed other people to help him learn how to live this thing out. You don't have to figure it out on your own. We need to have prayer. We need to have people. We need praise. We need praise. Now, I know some people feel it. Some people don't. That's okay. I'm going to help you out today. (laughs) The scripture tells us in the psalm that God is enthroned on the praises of his people. There's something about when we declare verbally, praise is not... When you look at the words for praise in the scripture, what you will not find is a praise lacking expression. Praise demands an expression. Whether it's the lifting of the hands, whether it's falling prostrate on the floor, whether it's shouting, clapping, spinning, jumping, you cannot praise without showing it. So if you just came in here and just like, I'm just going to praise God in my own way. We're still waiting. Now, I'm not saying, now, and what, we, what we'll say is like, well, I just don't wanna force it, man. It's just not me. It's just not me. You is a very fluid concept. It's not about you. It is about releasing when we praise Him, when we declare His goodness, when we declare who God is and what He has done and what He is doing, it extends the authority of heaven into the atmosphere. It is one of the most powerful ways to host, and not just host, but to introduce, to welcome the presence of God is to release it in the atmosphere. I know that if we truly got this, we'd have a lot more people at 10 o'clock. Maybe even 9.55 if you're holy, just saying. (laughs) Time to get your coffee, time to check in your kids. And the funny thing is, it's usually the folks that actually been here the longest to show up the latest. Yeah. I'm just saying, you can show up on time even if you're not serving on PCO. Why? It's not because it makes the worship team feel better. It's because we have a mindset that says, I want to encounter his presence, and he is worthy of this declaration. I want to host the presence. And not just, I'm not just going because somebody else is hosting it. It is my personal priority. Y'all hear me this morning. So prayer People, praise. And the last thing that we want to furnish this life that looks to host the presence, our pages. It's the word of God. His word is a lamp into our feet and a light into our path. It's a, his word, his revealed word is the way he has chosen to make himself known and his heart known and his purpose known. Our purpose known, our calling, our defining we cannot become who God has called us to be. We will not be shaped and renewed and regenerated in the way that he desires us desires us to fully experience apart from coming in and spending time in his word. Now, I know when we talk about, when, whenever you go, whenever you're in church and you hear a list of things, I don't know about you, some, some of you, you actually love lists. Like you have more lists than we could ever give you. And if I don't give you a list on a Sunday morning, you get hives. You like leave, you're like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. Right, you're like, I didn't get a list. You get excited. You have like three list apps on your phone. One of your lists are to get your list apps to one, right? You have lists, that's okay. But sometimes when you get a list or you have a to-do list, what happens is the enemy gets us psyched out because maybe you miss it one day and you're like, oh my gosh, I just I don't need one more thing I have to keep up with. Because we, what we do from a spiritual standpoint, it's either fe- feast or famine. Like maybe you haven't read the Bible for the last year and all of a sudden you're like, man, I really need to get back in the word. I think I'm gonna do a 12-month exegetical study on the book of Deuteronomy. It's like you haven't worked out all year, and like next week, you're like, I think I'll just do a Tough mutter. Why not? I think i wanna die. Right, and you go out there, and you get like five minutes in, and you're like, oh man, are we almost done? No, you just walked up to the hill to registration, boss. Like, <laughs> it's gonna be a long day. Right? You have heart issues, you can't walk, you can't breathe right in your That was not fun. And so you just completely, uh, completely avoid it. Some of y'all have Bible reading PTSD. Like maybe when you were seven years old, your parents got you reading the Bible and they left you in the desert with the Israelites and you were like, what is happening here? What in the world? What are we doing with these turtles and this blood? And how, who is your mother? And why are you sleeping with your sister? Like you got, you just got messed up. And you're like, man, I, I, I know I need to read this Bible, but I'm scared. I don't even know where to start. I'm telling you, there are so many easily accessible plans and ways to start reading this word. And you don't have to like, you know, sometimes you only think it counts if you know, you read X amount of books a day. Some of you guys are gonna you you can you've been eating this word. You can handle more. You can handle a greater diet. On the Bible app, we have cards where you can download a Bible app. There are Bible plans that give you two verses. Just you got time to look at two verses, and to just meditate on that. And you say, "But man, it doesn't feel like a lot." But you know what? You read two verses a day every day consistently. You are gonna feel the difference. We gotta get in this word. We've got to make God's presence personal. We've got to make it a priority. And we've got to pursue it. See, the purpose of building a permanent, intentional space to encounter God's presence, it's not about just the checklist. It's about building deeper relationship. The more important, as I said before, the more important the relationship, the more intentional we have to be about protecting that time so we can actually commune with God the way we're intended to. Now, what does it mean to continually pursue the presence? Okay, Pastor, I've I've built this space. I've put these things on my calendar and created this time, but but isn't God like? Isn't His presence like everywhere? Why do I have to pursue it? Why why isn't it just boom? It's there. Now. Yes, God is everywhere all the time. He's omnipresent. That's what that means. Of course he is. And yet, there's a dimension or a manifestation of his presence that he allows us to experience just beyond the awareness of his proximity. Yes, God is everywhere, and yet he expresses and allows us to experience him in a very tangible way, in different ways. What do you mean, Pastor? Well, I'm glad you asked. It's like it's the same way that two people can come from the same house, ride in the same car, come to the same building, sit through the same service, and yet one can experience the supernatural, incredible joy in the presence of God and the other one can't wait to get to lunch. Now, some of you can't wait to get to lunch because you're going to Paco's Tacos and you know the presence of God is there already. Right, You know, it makes me think about a couple weeks ago, Kelly and I, we went to go see uh, Johnny Swim in concert. They were at the Egyptian Room downtown. And if you've ever seen or heard Johnny Swim, maybe if you haven't seen them, they are an amazing husband and wife duo. He's Cuban, she's black Italian, and together they are incredible. And, you know, it was an amazing concert. The harmonies were flawless. The sound was amazing. And yet... I'm sitting here with, standing here with Kelly, trying to look at the concert, and I'm distracted because behind me, like, where, where most of the people at the venue were paying attention to the concert. They were focused. They were locked in. But there was a crew behind us that were just, like, hanging out by the bar, and they're just drinking and laughing, and who knows what they're talking about. Like, there was a lady that one time, like, bumped into me, and I could tell she was in the spirit or spirits or something. And what I realized is they were in the proximity of Johnny Swim, but they were not experiencing the presence of Johnny Swim. Did y'all hear me? Yeah. Right, I'm, let me help you out. Okay. Um, let me ask: you, Have you ever been in love or like smitten with somebody? Right, a little smitten, like, like to the extent that like you just can't wait. You can't wait to get around them. Like you literally can't wait, so like if you're going to meet up with them somewhere, you had to call them on the phone on the way just so you could hear their voice, because you couldn't wait till you got there. And maybe it's even before the first date, right? It's not the first date. You haven't even truly defined the relationship, but maybe you're just gathering, hanging out with a bunch of friends over somebody's house, and as soon as you get there, every other person in the room just disappears. It's like, distraction? What distraction? It's only you. (laughs) Right? You see her across the room. You try not to be (laughs) stalkerish. Try to play it off like you don't know where she is, but you know when she's moving. Presence. Right? Like, there's this, this keen Awareness and it's you're, you're so taken over. You don't care if whether if people are like, hey, you guys want to play setters to Catan? You guys want to watch, you know, Chef's Table? You don't even care. Why? Because you are in the presence of the one who holds the stars, right? You're in the presence. You, you, you have been smitten. You are in love. And yet, you just fast forward a little bit, right? Say things worked out. And y'all got together, you had the first date, boom. It was amazing, right? Second date, you were so locked into her eyes that all of a sudden you newly discovered that her eyes had a splash of green that you didn't recognize on the brown before. Ooh, Hazel, okay. I see you, Hazel. I see you. But then on the 52nd date, oftentimes what happens is if we're not intentional, What usually happens is we start settling for being in proximity rather than continuing to pursue presence. Oh, you're still full of excitement and anticipation on this date night, but it's actually because of what you're going to order on the menu, not who you're going to be with. Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. It's like maybe you had a hard week, a hard conversation, a hard argument, but you were like, we got a babysitter and I'm getting this meal. (laughs) I have been waiting on this meal all week. You will not take this from me. I know there's nobody in the room. It's, just only, it's only me. Right? And instead of being captivated by each other's gaze, you're just, your face is just illuminated by a score update on Bleacher Report. As you look on your phone. It's the same way. We can, we can set things in place. You can be in the proximity of God and miss out on the presence of God. We can often exchange presence for proximity. Proximity, now, I want to say it's a good starting point, but it's never a substitute for the presence of God. One of my spiritual fathers used to say it this way. He'd say, proximity breeds intimacy. Coming around the people of God and making an effort to show up Making an effort to come to a city group, even if you don't feel like it. Making an effort to wake up and come to church just to be in the place where God is. That is a great starting point. And if you're still trying to figure this thing out, I want to applaud you and say, keep coming. God is speaking to you. He's going to continue speaking to you. He's going to continue to draw you. But we can't settle for proximity. Proximity does not equal presence. Location does not equal a manifestation of his goodness and his love. We've got to pursue him. Now, most of the time, what can be hard and frustrating is that pursuing him looks a lot like waiting on him. And I'm not talking about just a passive act, a passive waiting, where you're like waiting on the porch for a package to arrive, or you're waiting for somebody to show up to a meeting. It's more likened to when somebody, when you're a waiter or a waitress at a restaurant, or you're hosting someone. The waiting I'm talking about is is when we're waiting on him and we're pursuing him by presenting our lives like an open menu and saying, God, what do you want? A little tip is he wants it all. And when he makes his request, we don't just go and work and try to build things that we can figure out on our own and then have him bless what we want. We actually go to build on what he wants. And when we bring it to him, we present it to him, not out of insecurity, not out of fear that he's going to reject us, but we bring it with joy because he's already accepted us. When we tally the bill, and it's the biggest bill that we've ever seen, we can have the joy of knowing it's already been paid in full. Pursuing is waiting. It's waiting. It's hosting this king the savior what what kind of life what kind of family what kind of relationships what kind of church could we experience if we learned how to each one of us own making Hosting the presence of God a priority, individually and corporately. What kind of encounter, what kind of transformation could happen in our lives and our community if we all made space and made room at different paces and places? Some of you, you've been running and you've been running and and, and pursuing Jesus with all of your heart. Keep running. But maybe this time, look and see who you can get to come with you. Who is it that God would give you an opportunity to look back and maybe it changes up your pace a little bit so that you can help somebody else pursue Jesus? But you say, hey, we're going to do this together. I'm in this race with you. Okay, I see, I see this is. You're learning, you learn how to walk, you look out of breath, that's okay, I'm here, I'm not going anywhere. We're going, we're going to pursue them together. What would it look like if you, if you're coming and you're, you're just figuring out, you're just figuring out, man, how do I walk this thing out? You just don't lose heart. God isn't asking you to run at the same pace that that person is, but can you take the next step? Can you take the next step? I want to see what it looks like for us all to pursue him, for a people to show up, to come expectant of what God is going to do, to come expectant of how he's going to move, to come. And before you even show up to the Avondale Meadows YMCA, you actually started the praise party in the shower. It continued in the car. You just had a momentary pause as you got out and you walked to greet somebody. But we come and on the way, we can't even wait till we get into the service to experience his presence. We're going to go ahead and hear his voice right where we are. God, what is it that you want to do? How can I love somebody? Who can I take to lunch? How can we praise you? How can I lift up my voice and honor you? God, I'm not much of a dancer, but I'm going to dance today because that's what you like. And I want to praise you because your word says you're enthroned in the praises of your people. So if I want to experience your presence, praise is a good place to start. What would it look like? If we as a people came with that kind of passion and fervor with clear eyes and full hearts to gaze upon the one who holds the stars, to gaze upon the one who knows my name, the one who overcame, the one Jesus Christ, King of all kings, Lord of all lords, what kind of presence. Can we experience. I want to be that people of pursuit. I want us, I dare us to see what God will do. It begins by making it personal. If you're here today and you say, Man, I've been coming to church, I love Jesus. I love this family. I've taken it personal. I'm going to continue to take it personal in Jesus' name. This is my ownership. I take ownership. I say, let's go. Thank you. Let's keep running. If you're here and you say, man, pastor, I hear you. And I've been around. I've I've been coming. and, And I sense it. And I don't want to be on the sidelines. I don't want to just come and watch the race. I want to come be in the race. Come on in. Come on. And if you're here and you're like, man, I've, I started going to church when I was little because my grandmother invited me. <laughs> and you know a grandmother's invitation kind of goes like this. You're coming. Right? Get in a car. Some of you... You even went to church because grandmother told you to go there even though your parents didn't go. She'd pick you up or you'd walk or they dropped you off. And what you didn't realize is God was seeding seeding things then that he knew would produce a harvest later. It was not in vain. But if you're here for the first time, the next step is to take it personal. I want to pray for you. Father. I thank you that you have made yourself known. The reason that we can talk about presence is because though we were separated from you because of our sin, your love for us was so great that you sent your son to live the perfect life that we should have lived and to pay the price of our sin and our debt. That was those because of it. The only thing that could satisfy the sin, the only thing that could satisfy and pay the price so that we could be in fellowship was your son dying for our sake. Lord, I thank you he did not just die for our sin, but he rose so that we could rise as well, proving once and for all that he was the son of God. And offering forgiveness of sin and eternal life to all who would receive it and believe. This morning, with everyone's head bowed and your eyes closed, if you're here this morning and you recognize, I am far from God. I have missed the mark. I've been separated from him. I've been living my own way. And I don't want to sit through another Sunday just going through the motions. Today, I want to take my relationship with God personally. And today, I don't want him just to be the Lord. I want him to be my Lord. I don't want him just to be the Savior. I want him to be my Savior. And I want to personally surrender my life to Jesus today. If you're in here this morning and you say, I want to surrender my life to him, raise your hand right where you are. I want to give you an opportunity. Say, I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to surrender my life to Jesus. Amen. Amen. Father, I thank you that you see every hand and every heart. Lord, that your word reminds us, Lord, that if we confess that you are Lord and we believe in our hearts, God, that you raised him from the dead, that we will be saved. Lord, I thank you that you are bringing resurrection life and rejuvenation, new birth in this house. And, Lord, I ask for those of us, Lord, who, who have given our lives to you, but, Lord, we maybe have set things in place before, but the pursuit has grown cold. God, would you give us a fresh feeling of your passion and zeal? Would you awaken our hearts once again? to your goodness and your faithfulness. Would you kindle again the joy of our salvation? Help us, Lord. Help each and every person get back in the race. Help each and every person. Lord, Holy Spirit, I even pray as they leave here today, Lord God, that there would be a moment even within the next 24 hours where they would begin to look at how can we build space. If you're an individual, say, how can I build space for prayer, for fellowship, for getting in this word, for praise and worship? If you're a married couple, Lord, how can we build this into our lives intentionally? And not just create the space, but protect the space. Lord, help us to walk in this. Do a work in us. May we never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks again for joining us. Don't forget, you can find us online at cityoflights.church and connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.